This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Some of you are sitting here going, wow, what did I get myself into at church this weekend? Um, what you got yourself into, frankly, is just a little picture of how church is meant to operate. Um, you've maybe heard a saying that a lot of adults are fond of saying, and when the church says it, it's well-intentioned. Um, a lot of churches will say about teenagers, teenagers, we love teenagers. In fact, we love them so much we recognize that teenagers are the church of the future. Teenagers are the church of tomorrow. And I'm, I appreciate that sentiment, but I'm so thankful that here at Saddleback, we recognize that teenagers aren't the church of the future, teenagers aren't the church of tomorrow, that teenagers are every bit the church of today. Every bit the church of today. Um, and this, this weekend is meant to be just a little peek into how amazing some of the students are here at Saddleback Church and how wonderful our student ministries department is. Um, and since most of you don't get the chance to, to visit our student ministries department, you're welcome to anytime. You're welcome to wander down to the refinery. It's an amazing place. We love it when adults show up to see what's going on. But since that isn't the case for so many of you, we thought this weekend we would come to you and give you a little peek into some of the things that we're doing and some of the lives that have been changed as a result of our youth ministry here at Saddleback. And so we thought it would be fun to have a panel of students come up and share. And so we invited our very best and our very brightest students to come this morning. Um, unfortunately, none of them were available. So these students were like, hey, we'll show up. We, we, we're in. We are in. Um, and we just want to give them an opportunity to share with you a little bit about what God has done in their lives. So before before we jump into some of the more lengthy conversations, let's just do a little popcorn round real quick. Raise your hand if you're a junior high student. So Noah and Autumn, junior hires. Raise your hand if you are in high school. We've got Sarah, Dane, and Cole. Raise your hand if you're in college ministry. We've got Anthony and Grace. You can give them a round of applause. You can give them a round of applause. It takes, it takes a little bit of courage to be up here sitting in front of a, a room full of, of adults. Let's do popcorn round. Here we go. Um, how many of you grew up, you grew up mostly coming to Saddleback most of your life? That's almost all of you. Raise your hand if you're, you're newer to Saddleback, Anthony. Raise your hand if you're in a small group, you're in a life group, every single one of you. Raise your hand if you serve in an area of ministry here at the church, almost every single one of you. Raise your hand if you tithe 10%. No, don't do that. Um, <laughs> adults, just out of curiosity. No, okay. Um, ra raise, ra I don't even know what my next question was. I just kind of chuckled at that one. Let's, let's do this. Let's jump into, um, before we talk about life here at Saddleback, let's just talk a little bit about life as a teenager, life as a student. Um, a lot of us we alluded, Matt alluded in the, in the game earlier that some of us, it's been a while since we were teenagers. And we have a tendency to kind of forget what it's like to walk in your shoes. So just a few of you, take a second and share what are some of the challenges maybe that you face or you might want to say just kind of collectively teenagers in general face these days. I think for me, one of the toughest things as a teenager is just really establishing my true identity as a child of God especially in this day and age when the word identity gets mixed around and thrown around so much, it's kind of hard to truly understand what our true identity is as children of God because our identity is from Christ. 
When Christ saved us, he did not only wash away our sins, but he also established his new identity in us as children of God. Children of God. So sometimes it's hard to outwardly show this in places like school or in places where people don't feel the same way. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one, right? As somebody who's a, a Jesus follower. Yeah, awesome. I, I, love, I love that we're clapping for our students. I am, I'm gonna give just one little instruction, and that is let's, we'll hold, at the end, we'll give them a big round of applause because they've got so much to say, and I just don't want us to be here like until two o'clock this afternoon. You're welcome to hang out till two o'clock. We just don't want to be here till two o'clock. Um, so we'll, we'll wait until the very end. Autumn, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Because I think you're right. As a Jesus follower, figuring out how do I live into my identity in Christ in a world that doesn't really understand that and doesn't value that and doesn't really help us lean into that. That's, that's a big challenge. Who else? Uh, I think another thing is just as teenagers, we have so much of our lives ahead of us. And I think sometimes it's scary because we don't know where we're going to end up and we don't know who we're going to become and who we want to be. So just figuring out ourselves and our future and our purpose is just, it's a lot to think through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think most of us adults, Sarah, most of us kind of relate to that. For sure, when we were teenagers, we were having a hard time figuring out like, what does it all mean? And where do I fit? And what do I do with my life? Um, and a lot of us are still kind of figuring that out. Here's what we know, Sarah, is we know, and you, you mentioned this last night, I think, that we know Jesus has a plan for our life. We, we know that. And yet sometimes it's hard to navigate how is that unfolding? And when do I really know when I'm on the right path? And I think that's a big, big challenge that teenagers face today. Thanks for sharing. Cole. Yeah, so one of the toughest things um, in my life about being a teenager is finding a good group of friends or a social circle that is also Christian within my school. Because in this day and age, this world has so many bad influences on teenagers and the young generation. And I just feel like finding friends or finding mentors that can grow in their faith along with me is one of the most important things, but the toughest ones. Yeah, for sure. Friendship's a big deal. Cole, if you, if you had to kind of gauge or on a scale of one to 10, how big of an influence would you say friends are in the lives of a teenager? Yeah, I would say there's also honestly a 10 because the friend, your friends are the people that you want to spend the most time with and the people that you look forward to spending time with. Not saying like, you know, you don't want to spend time with your family or something. But, <laughs> but, you know, it's just like your friends are, I don't know. Your friends are just like the people you want to spend the most time with. And, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, hey, we, we, yeah. we get it. And I think sometimes as adults, sometimes we minimize how important your friends are. And we'll say things like, well, just find new friends. Or, hey, if your friends told you to jump off a cliff, would you jump off the cliff? Like, we kind of make it seem like your friends shouldn't be this massive influence, but the reality is they are, and that's a tough thing to navigate, especially to find friends who are walking the same path that you're walking or, or trying to. Yeah, yeah thanks. Let's, let's do this. Let's think about student ministries for a minute and your experience at Saddleback Student Ministries. If I were to say to you guys, you only have one or two words, that's all you get, one or two words to describe your experience in our youth ministry, what are some words you would say? Let's just toss them out. Our belonging. Belonging. Heartwarming. Encouragement. Inclusive. Encouraged. Oh, gaining confidence. That's a good one. Life-changing. Life-changing. All right. 
Anthony, I've heard a lot of words used to describe our youth ministry. I have never heard heartwarming. Um, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting one. <laughs> talk, talk to me about when you think of, you're in college, so when you think of our college ministry, why does heartwarming come to mind? I don't know, just like just being here, whether that's you know, junior high ministry or high school ministry, I just feel so fulfilled and just like I could have like one of the worst weeks or just a bad day and those kids are just friends of mine from college ministry and the mentors here and pastors just fulfilled that heart. It just warms my heart. Yeah, that's awesome. Heartwarming. I love it. Autumn, you said life-changing. Yeah. Um, I know for me when I was at like my lowest point in life and my world was flipped upside down because my dad had just passed away and I was really going through it and my mom sent me off to camp with junior high and I came back a whole new person. I came back with a whole nother family, all these connections and these great people. My life is forever changed by this church. It's awesome, awesome, very cool. Dane, your word was belonging. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I just, every time I come to, whether it be SSM or I go up to the big church for a day, I just, I always feel like I do have a place at this church, and I feel like they work really hard to make you feel like you have a place, whether it be with small groups or just including people with the games that we do, and I feel like if I missed a service or if I couldn't make it, I feel like someone would be like, you know, where's Dane at? He's not here today, and it just makes me feel really included. And in a world where, earlier we were talking, and, and one of you guys talked about how it seems like our society just sort of overlooks teenagers unless there's a negative. Like we pay attention to the negative aspects of teenage life and we kind of overlook the positive. And if, if I'm hearing you right, Dane, would you say that it just feels nice to be in a place where as a teenager you're noticed and you belong and people notice if you're not here? Yeah, it makes me feel like more than just a teenager. Yeah, that's awesome. More than just a teenager. That's really cool. Noah, how about you? You said encouragement, I think. Uh, I chose encouragement because in SSM, we're always encouraged to like go serve to help out the church or take a next step in our faith to get closer with Jesus. Oh, that's interesting because when, when I heard you say encouragement, I, I just assumed that you were going to say, I just always feel encouraged after I'm here, which might be part of it. But really, you're talking about the encouragement that you're, you feel like every week you're encouraged to take a step in your faith, to serve in ministry, to, to take a next step. Is that kind of how I heard you? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, let's talk to a couple of you who did not necessarily grow up your whole childhood here at Saddleback. Um, you're newer to Saddleback. You're newer to SSM. How did you come here, and what's that journey been like? Well, for me, at least, um, my family grew up, at least my mom's side grew up going to church, and my parents were divorced when I was very young. So it was hard for me to be consistent to go to church back and forth. Uh, eventually, when I was 16 years old, I uh, accepted Christ as my Savior. But even within those two years of high school left, I really drifted away from him. And I did anything to the point I would work on Sunday so I didn't have to go to church. But I felt like the more I avoided him, I felt more empty inside. So I know going, like, the first year of college, I, wa I didn't want that. I wanted to, um, like, regain and just grow with my faith with the Lord. And the first week of college, actually, I, um, I just called one of my good friends from high school, Mike, who is a, a JHM intern and part of CM. And that day we hung out. He um, asked me to do college ministry, come to that following Thursday night service. And I said yes. And the first day, I just felt so welcome. And second week, I was part of a CM life group. And even then, after that, I'm um, part of junior high ministry and now high school ministry. 
I'm so blessed. It allowed my sister and cousin to be part of it too now. Wow. So you started coming, did you say, when did you start coming? Last August. Last August. So that's about 10 months ago. So if I'm hearing you right, Anthony, in, in 10 months' time, you started coming to Saddleback for the first time. You recommitted your life to Jesus Christ. You started serving in junior high and high school ministries. You've brought your cousins to church. And then last Thursday night in college ministry on the stage, you gave your testimony. Is that? That's correct. That's a pretty eventful 10 months. That's worth clapping for. That's worth clapping for. Anthony, that's amazing. Man, thank you. That's, I, would, I would call that heartwarming <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I hear that story. I think that's, heart, that's a heartwarming story. Grace, how about you? Yeah, so I actually started attending um, Saddleback when I was six with my family, and I would go to the SK services. Um, but after a while, we ended up moving away for a period of time, and I kind of got disconnected from the SSM community. Fortunately, we got to move back in February of 2022, and when I found out we were moving back, I committed to finding a community to get reconnected, um, and I came across CM's social media page, and I saw they had services on Thursday nights, so I committed to going, even though I was really, really nervous and didn't know how it would turn out. But I actually ended up feeling really, really welcomed, and everybody took the opportunity to come and talk to me, took the step to get to know me and just make me feel really welcomed and, and seen. Um, and I could just feel the, the intentionality of it all, of bringing students closer to God and to other students. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Let's talk a little bit about our small groups. In student ministries, we call small groups life groups. And if you've been around Saddleback for any period of time, you know that Saddleback is a church. We're not just a church that has small groups. We're a church of small groups. Small groups is a really, really big deal in our church. And that's true in student ministries as well. And one of the reasons it's true is just because we recognize how important it is for larger youth groups to have opportunities for smaller connecting times and discussions and discipleship. Um, why don't a few of you talk to us about your experience in a small group, um, specifically maybe about your small group leaders and the difference they've made in your life? Um, Kurt? Yeah. You are my life group leader. I am. I am. I am your life group leader. Thanks for sharing. And you also missed a ton of meetings. I what? You also missed a ton of meetings. I, I missed a ton of meetings. Um, thank you for your honesty, Noah. We appreciate that. That's not quite as heartwarming of, of a statement, but thank you. So let's do this, but I'm not the only leader. You, we, have a, we have another leader, Tom Wheeler. Talk to us a little bit about the difference Tom Wheeler's made in your life. Uh, Tom has been really influential in not only signing us up for things to serve at church, like food distribution. He's also taught us that we, we don't only have to talk to Jesus about people at church. We could talk to people about Jesus at, in public or at school with other people. Yeah, and you're going into seventh grade, so last year you were a sixth grader, yeah. and Tom's in his 50s, so it's not like he's some young college cool guy, college age cool guy. Um, there's probably a lot of people going, man, I'm a little bit older, what do I have to offer teenagers? What difference has Tom made in your life, just as an older guy pouring into you as a, as a teenager? I mean, it's really nice knowing that he's like letting us in, our, in his home to um, have life group every week and teach us about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he's a great, great guy. Somebody else? Uh, I just know for me, my life group is a very safe place where me and the other girls can share everything. And at the beginning of every week, we always share our highs and our lows and our buffaloes. And a buffalo is just something like random, basically. But it's just fun. And I get to know everyone really well. And I just feel very known and seen in my life group by my leaders and by the other girls. And that's just really special to have that 
just a nice, a safe environment for me to go to every week and just to grow in God with them. And it's just, yeah, I, I get, I'm very consistent in going to my life group just because I love the environment. And I get really sad when I can't make it. And it's just, I love it so much. That's awesome. I want to put a pin in that for a second. You said something that is shocking for a teenager to say. In essence, you said, I'm really sad when I have to miss a church experience. I mean, that's really what she said. I love my life group so much. I love that part of church so much that I'm really sad if I have to miss it. And that's when my hunch is that most of you would say missing the weekend when we're big is easier on you than missing your life group. You, you, you don't want to miss life group because of how important that is for you. Yeah. Grace, talk to us about your life group. So my life group is amazing. I would say the best thing about it is not only getting to have community with the girls, but also my leader. She's made, in such a short period of time, the greatest impact on my life. Um, Any time that I felt um, kind of drained or, you know, just needed to talk, she would always go out of her way to make time to talk with me, um, just catch up and see how I was doing. Um, she'd send me text messages, always cheer me on, go to some of my sporting events as well. Um, and yeah, I just felt that intentional love from an adult that I never felt before other than my parents. And it was just the best feeling in the world. Yeah, thank you for that. One of the reasons we wanted to share about our life groups is, and one of the reasons why they're so important to us here at Saddleback, um, they've always been important, but a few years ago they took on this extra sense of urgency. Um, a few years ago, Fuller Theological Seminary, they have a department called the Fuller Youth Institute, FYI. And they did this massive study, and they were studying what are the contributing factors to a faith that sticks, a sticky faith. So many people grow up in youth ministry, going to church, but then when they graduate the youth group, so many, the statistics are actually kind of shockingly high, how many people wander for a season. Sort of, Anthony, sort of like your story where he grew up going to church and then he wandered for a season. And Fuller Youth Institute wanted to find out of the adults that didn't wander, their faith stuck. What were the contributing factors? And right at the very top, they discovered, they, they, they interviewed thousands of adults who said, I never wandered from my faith. I've stayed consistent, plugged into my faith, plugged into my church all throughout. And one of the top ranking things, contributors, was that they had, in addition to mom and dad, even those who came from really solid Christian families, in addition to mom and dad, they had two or three other adults who took an interest in their spiritual development. They had one or two other adults who invested in their life as as a young Jesus follower, and they, they identified that as being one of the most significant reasons why they didn't go through a season of of kind of wandering and, and walking away from faith and church. Pretty interesting, pretty interesting stuff. Let's do this. We've been talking a lot about student ministries and your experience here in our youth ministry, but let's talk a little bit about your experience here at Saddleback Church as a whole. Um, what do you love about Saddleback bit beyond just our youth ministry? Uh, if I had to choose one thing that I love about Saddleback the most, I'd probably just choose the overall atmosphere. I just, I love coming here every day, every weekend. Maybe I had a terrible Sunday morning or it's a Saturday night and I'd rather be out with my friends and I come here and all these adults and kids are smiling at me saying they're happy I'm here. And it just really brightens up my day and it makes me feel like I'm wanted and like that people are happy to see me. Yeah, Dane, I love hearing that. I love hearing that when you come, not just, I hope you feel welcome when you walk in the refinery, but for you to say, even when you're up here, that there's adults smiling at you and making you feel welcome, that's, that's a huge deal. Thanks for sharing. 
Cole. Yeah, so what I love about Saddleback as a whole is the amount of opportunities that it presents to students, like junior hires or high schoolers. I've had the blessing to serve on the online community here at Saddleback, and it's just given me a lot of work experience and a lot of social experience with a good, friendly environment to, uh, you know, serve in. Yeah, so you, you serve, as, as your ministry, you serve with the online broadcast ministry that pushes our services out all over the world. That's really, really cool. If you look back at the Fuller Youth Institute study, when they were identifying these things, these reasons why they stuck long-term, um, the other highest-ranking indicator was these adults said that they felt like they belonged to the whole church, not just to the youth department. And believe it or not, there is a, there's a consequence to having a really successful student ministries. And at Saddleback Church, we have a pretty successful, a pretty impactful youth ministry. One of the downsides is sometimes we can be victims of our own success. And what I mean by that is a church can do youth groups so well that the teenagers never feel a need to be part of the bigger church. There's no reason to plug into the bigger church because I get everything I need in youth group. And that actually ultimately long-term hurts the cause for longevity. And these adults said, one of the reasons I stuck was I felt like I belonged to the whole church, not just the youth department. And one of the great ways that happens, Cole, in your case, is when you can use your gifts to serve not just within the youth group, but when you can use your gifts to serve the larger body because you're contributing to the mission and the cause of Saddleback Church. And you're probably making friendships and relationships with adults who are also serving in that area, which helps with the first indicator of rubbing shoulders with and having relationships with a few other adults other than mom or dad. So if you serve in a ministry or if you lead a ministry and you think, man, we could use a few teenagers to serve, let us know. We will send teenagers your direction. We would love to have students serving in all sorts of ministries all throughout the church. Now, maybe if you're in the parking ministry, having sixth grade boys directing traffic might be a, a, a little bit of a hesitancy. I, I, I get that. But other than that, man, we would love to be a part of what you're doing. That's just a little window. If you would love to hear a little bit more about student ministries, if you'd like to talk to some of our adult leaders, some of our staff, out on the patio out there, we've got a couple canopies. We would love to say hi, to answer any questions, to talk to you about how you can get involved. And if you have a teenager that's never made the, the journey down the refinery, maybe they don't even know we exist or they've been a little bit nervous, we would love to help you plug your student into our ministries as well. Would you join me in thanking this amazing, our best and brightest, our very best and brightest students for joining us this weekend. Thanks, you guys. I accepted Christ when I was maybe five or six, and I was about to go to bed, and my mom was reading the Bible. I asked her, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? And so there, I prayed with her, and I accepted Christ. It was a Friday, and he just kind of said, I'm going to this church event. It's fun. They play games. They sing songs. Would you want to come along? I was really nervous at first, but once they started playing games, singing songs, I could see that Evan was just having fun, having a good time. When I was a third grader, I was terrified to come here. Um, my parents had just got 
or recently divorced and it was like they were definitely struggling with their relationship which affected me and my sister a lot. It was hard for me to come to church because I just didn't know anyone and knowing that I was dealing with stuff at home, it was also hard just to want to show up. So I wanted to serve in third grade to create a family for some of the kids that didn't have one or just to be a friend to some of them. I'm taking a group of fourth and fifth grade girls to SK camp this weekend. I'm so excited. Our team is yellow and we're gonna be bumblebees. I called one of the moms and she introduced me to her daughter and she was so excited and I was like, okay, now that makes me even more excited. So I originally lived in Maine, which is not part of Canada. I think people get that confused, but it's in America. When I moved here freshman year of high school, I was alone. So to be able to be that person, to invite other people into this community, oh, I loved it. I was like, this is, I love this, you know? I get to do what I love to do and also help my friends out through it. And I think a lot of it too is not just me inviting people, but also recognizing when it's someone's first time. I have a lot of experience from my first time and knowing what it's like to walk into a room and not know people. But just to talk to that person and get to know them, it's awesome. So now that I was comfortable, I wanted to help the junior high students as well. And I was able to do that by being a weekend leader and to see them on weekends, but also be a life group leader, which I see on the weekdays. After I started coming here for a while, I've grown this trust in Christ and everything that he stands for and that I believed in. And so I ultimately made the decision to ask my life group leader at the um, life group retreat about getting baptized on the last day. It was a Saturday night and right after service, they just took me into the water and asked me if I was committed to Christ himself and I got baptized. Um, while he was getting baptized, I was just watching him and I cried a bit. Just a little? Happy tears. Um, I was really proud of him and happy I got to be someone who helped lead him to the path of getting baptized and accepting Christ. I think there's something so cool about watching someone's story unfold in front of you, let alone you get to be a part of that. I have felt like a big example to one of my friends um, in bringing them. Because one time I brought them to church and now recently they got baptized and now they're at CM retreat. I'm trying to get my friend to serve actually. And I told him it helped me grow in my faith and also meeting more people here. I think Jesus was the best inviter. I am so glad that my savior is like that because I get to learn from that. And it really moved me to want to do that to other people around me. Really just thank you just for introducing me to this lifestyle, just introducing me to Jesus and it's changed my life so much. I love you, man. And I'm so happy that I helped you get here. Now we're supposed to talk after that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Those are just a few examples of 
the ways that God is moving in Saddleback Student Ministries and the students of our church. And there are so many more stories, so many examples of that. And something we believe here as a church is that God does things when we pray that he simply doesn't do when we don't pray. And we've committed to being a praying church. And so we thought this would be a perfect moment for us to gather church together and pray for our students, both inside and outside the walls of our church. And so I have a couple of friends who I've asked to join me, Seth Gonzalez from our high school ministry, David Stone, our student ministry worship pastor. And we're gonna pray for our students, for three specific categories of students in our church. And so if you're a student in the room, I'm gonna ask you to do something. It might make you a little bit uncomfy, but it's okay, I promise. Can you stand up, students? If you're a junior high student, high school student, or college age, can you just stand up where you're at right now, please? Yeah. I hope you feel the love. I hope you feel it. Keep standing. We're gonna pray for you and for all the students that you represent. And adults, grown-ups, can you just look around the room really quick? I just want you to look at the students who are standing. These are our students. These are our sons and our daughters. They're our younger brothers and sisters. And we have the privilege to pray and ask God to move on their behalf. And so we're gonna pray right now and the first category of student we're gonna pray for is anyone who is starting something new. The teenage life is full of lots of new and change. And so we're gonna pray for all the students who are beginning something new, whether that's a new school or a new job or a new challenge or a new family or a new opportunity or a new diagnosis, whatever new it might be. We're gonna pray for you right now. And so adults in the room, if you feel comfortable, I invite you, just extend a hand towards some students around you. No need to touch them, make them feel weird. Just extend the hand is fine. <laughs> it's just fine. But we're gonna, we're gonna pray for our students right now. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for your family. We thank you for every student that is standing in this room right now and the many, many more that they represent. And God, right now we ask you to be close to any student who is about to start something new. They're looking ahead at something new, whether that is looking ahead in an excitement and anticipation or looking ahead with anxiety and fear. Would you remind them, Jesus, that you are always with them, no matter what the future holds. Would you guide their path? Would you direct their steps? Remind them that you will never leave them or forsake them. We ask this in your name, amen. Amen. Students, you can keep standing. And now we're going to pray for any student that is experiencing loneliness, for any student that is looking for a community or for a place to belong, for a church to call home. We're going to take some time to pray over those students right now. So would you join me in extending a hand and praying for our students? Heavenly Father, I thank you for every student that is hearing my voice right now in this moment. Lord, I pray that if they're experiencing loneliness, God, would they be reminded that you are so, so near to them, Lord, that they are so deeply loved by their creator, God, and they are so deeply loved by their church. Lord, would you send friends to them, God, who love you first and foremost so that they can love them so well. Lord, I pray for deep friendships and relationships, Lord, friendships that are built on you, God, that have you as their foundation, Lord, that they would thrive, Father, that they would encourage each other to pursue Jesus. 
And Lord, I pray that our students would know that they have a place here, God, that they belong here, Lord, that this church is their family and that they are so, so loved, Father. I pray for a spirit of joy right now in this moment, Lord, that they would be reminded, God, that they are never, ever alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This last time of prayer that we're gonna do together um, is for any of the students that are standing up or watching that have gone through some hurt, that have gone through it. And looking around and seeing everyone that's standing up right now, I know each of you has a story and an experience that maybe varies, right, from hurt to hurt. And, and we're just gonna lift you guys up in that. If that is you, we're gonna pray for you, uh, whether those are past hurts or maybe something that you're going through right now. We're gonna remind you together as a church of the promises of God. So let's extend a hand and let's pray for our students. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your never ending promises that remind us that you are close to the brokenhearted, that you are near. Even in the times that we don't believe it or see it, that God, you are moving and you are close. And Lord, I pray that over our students right now, that they would be reminded that we would be able to help them see that God, you are so good, even in the worst even in the valleys, that God, you are to be praised and you are to be worshiped. So Lord, I, I pray that you are close to them more than ever before, that they can be reminded of your promises and look to you in every circumstance, Jesus. Be with them, comfort them. We love you, Jesus. In your name we all say, amen. Amen. Now you can sit down. Well, I hope today, as you've been sitting here, your heart has been encouraged, that you've captured a vision for the significance of what God is doing through student ministries here at Saddleback. And I wanna take a moment for all of our students at all of our campuses and those online, I wanna invite you right now just to lock eyes with me, and I want you to hear from the bottom of my heart how deeply you are loved by Saddleback Church how important you are to this vision. You are not the church of the future, you are the church of today. And Stacy and I, we love you, we believe in you, and we're so grateful for your life and everything that you contribute to Saddleback Church. And I hope this weekend for all of our students that you've been encouraged even to capture more of a vision that God has called you, he's appointed you, he wants to use your life. And every time globally there's been a movement by God, it always starts with young people. It always starts in teenagers. And so we wanna encourage you, we wanna, we wanna celebrate all that God is doing and celebrate our students. Will you put your hands together for all of our students? Now, if, if like me, uh, about a year ago when I first started sitting through meetings with student ministry, I was hearing all these TLAs, which stands for three-letter acronyms or two-letter acronyms, and I was like, what are all these TLAs? Now, if you've been around Saddleback for a while, you know all the TLAs. It's like another language. Uh, but if you're new here, I want to just make sure you know all the different letters. JHM stands for Junior High Ministry. HSM stands for High School Ministry. CM stands for College Ministry. SSM is Saddleback Student Ministry. KSG is Kids Small Groups. SK is Saddleback Kids and then of course, life groups. Now if you are a volunteer, a leader in one of those areas, will you please stand up so that we can honor you and just say thank you to you for those of you who serve with our student ministry. Will you stand now so that we can honor you and say thank you. 
Thank you for all that you do to invest in the next generation. Every time you pray, every time you serve, every time you open your home, every conversation, all of it matters. And I want for just a moment to think about, for all of us, whether you're a student or an adult, I want you to think back on your journey. Who's the person that God used most to influence you along the way? In addition to your parents, like teacher, coach, maybe a student ministry leader. Who is that person along the way that their life made the greatest impact on you? Now, the one that comes to mind for me is Mike Bonzer. Mike Bonzer, when I was in middle school and high school, was one of those goofy student leaders. He was like six foot six, really funny guy. He played the guitar off key most of the time, but he was the kind of guy that was in there with the students, making us laugh, spending time with us. And I want you to see a picture of Mike Bonzer here. Uh, this is when we were in Brazil on a mission trip with a cu couple of goofy, crazy high school guys. And I like this next picture here because it's the whole mission trip. And look at Mike up in the right-hand corner. You can just see he's flat exhausted right there in that picture. And several of these guys here, um, one of them, Felipe and I, we, we, our two families started a church together in the Bay Area. Ryan is now a pastor in the Pacific Northwest. And so many of these students became best friends. We got connected at a deep heart level. And I was thinking about Mike. and all those moments, Mike must have been so exhausted hanging out with students and so many other things that he was facing in a busy season of life. And the question occurred to me is, what if Mike had passed up the opportunity to invest in the next generation? Like, what if when God had stirred in Mike's heart, Mike said, you know, I've got too much going on. I need to focus on me. I need to focus on my needs rather than other people, how different the world would be, how different my life would be if Mike had not invested in me. When the Holy Spirit stirs inside of a person's heart and calls us to action to invest in people, to invest in his kingdom, one of the most important steps is to say, yes, God, I want you to use my life. I want you to use me to make a difference in the lives of other people. When Jesus was here for 33 years on planet Earth, he healed people, he taught to large crowds, he made a massive difference on the crowds, but he also did something that was so strategic. Jesus chose a small group of men and women to invest his life deeply in. And for three years, Jesus would travel with them. He'd have deep conversations about God and the kingdom of God. And in Mark chapter three, I want you to see these few verses where Jesus would go up onto a mountaintop to pray. And it says, after Jesus went up on a mountaintop called the Mount of Olives, um, he chose the ones he wanted to go with him. And they came to him, and he appointed them, 12 of them, and called them to be his apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. These are the 12 he chose. Simon, named Peter, James and John, sons of Zebedee, uh, the one... Uh, James and John, sons of Zebedee, nicknamed the sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Altheus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas the Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Now, when we think of these people, we think of the apostles, and many of them have ended up on stained glass windows in church buildings. But for Jesus, when he came along and chose these 12, many historians and theologians believe that these 12 were teenagers, and I want you to think about that. Jesus told, chose a group of 12 teenagers to invest his life in, to train them up, to equip them, to mobilize them. When God wanted to change the world, he chose teenagers. And he's still doing that today. 
It's so important for us to recognize there's so many challenges that come at students. And Kurt said it so well that so often when we think of Gen Z, there are all these things that we talk about how hard it is and technology and social media. But did you know that God is choosing a generation to raise up to change the world? There was a revival that broke out in Asbury this year. Where did it break out? It broke out with students. God chooses students to change the world. They are fire starters for global awakenings. And I believe God wants to bring a global awakening to his world, the third great awakening, and we want to be a part of it here at Saddleback Church. And there is no more strategic way to change the world than to change the life of a student. And today as you're sitting here, you may be asking yourself, how can I make a difference in the lives of students? I want to give you three ways you can make a difference. The first one is that you can pray for students. I want to encourage you, perhaps you were motivated today to pray in the service, but I want to encourage you, you can pick a day of the week, maybe Wednesday when our small groups gather, or Saturday or Sunday when most of our student ministry groups are gathered together in large group, and just say, I'm going to pray one day a week for the students of Saddleback. And those prayers, we say it here, we believe God does things when we pray that he doesn't when we don't. So let's pray for salvations. Let's pray for God to call students to vocational ministry. Let's pray for missionaries who are students to come out of our church. Let's pray that God would use this generation to change the world. We can pray diligently on a regular basis as a church for our students. The second thing that we can do is we can serve with our students. Now perhaps maybe some of you in your mind, you like already wrote yourself off. You might say things like, I'm not cool enough. I, I, I can't wear the cool shoes. I can't wear Crocs. Maybe since I won't wear Crocs, I can't make a difference with students. I don't have a pair of Jordans. By the way, I do have one pair of Jordans that somebody gave me. And I wore them this weekend. They're like I'm like, I got one shot. I'm going to wear them. Kids wear Jordans. And then my son told me, did you know you already creased them after wearing them one time? So anyway, students, I wore these for you. Do you like my, like my shoes? <laughs> so anyways, you don't have to have Jordans, though. To invest in the life of a student, just be you. Just be somebody who is available, that loves and encourages students. I was so encouraged this morning when I was pulling up on campus, I, I watched a, one of our greeters as one of our students was walking up. I was watching that greeter just smile and hug that student as they were walking onto campus. And I thought, that's one person that's making a difference. Today, you can make a difference. In fact, when we take our next steps in just a few moments, there will be an opportunity both on your connection card that you have physically and the digital program to take a step to say, I want to serve with our students, I wanna make a difference. You can be a host of a life group. You can be somebody that's, that's a greeter with our students. You can go to student camp. You can make a difference by being available. And there are literally thousands. I love the opportunity when we look at the room. There are people that stood up, but there are literally thousands of people in our church that are not connected to serving right now. And serving with students is one of the greatest ways to make a difference. Stacy and I, one of the things that's helped our family so much in the transition here is that each of our kids have gotten connected into a small group. I'm so deeply grateful for those who serve in small groups and these friendships that my kids are forming now as, as a six-year-old, or not six-year-old, she's older than that. She would kill me if she heard me say six. She is, she's a nine-year-old going on 10, 14 
and 16 are the ages of my kids. And they're forming friendships now that are going to change their life. I heard from Stacy, and I verified it with our student ministry team, that every fall as we sign students up for small groups, in the last few years there has been a waiting list of students that want to get into a group but not enough leaders who have been trained. Would you all agree that that's a problem? That there, there are people that God is stirring in their hearts as teenagers to get into community and we need more volunteers to sign up. Now, I'm not saying that to shame you. I didn't even know that that was the case as the pastor. Now, you probably didn't know that was the case, but you can do something about it today by saying, I am willing to make a difference in the next generation. And finally, there's one category I want to give you. It's to give to student camp. Now, last few weeks, we've been doing a teaching series called Transferring Trust, and there were about 5,000 of you who said, I want to trust God at a greater level with my generosity. And one way that you can take a first step, perhaps you've never given before, to Saddleback Church, one of the best ways that you can take a first step is to get involved by giving to our scholarship fund. And you heard today that there are students who go to camp and their lives are, they're transformed through camp. There are thousands of students every summer that go to camp at Saddleback and their lives are changed through camp. There are some students that their families don't have the ability to provide for their kids to go. That scholarship fund, $250, will cover half the cost of one kid to go to, to camp. You can make a difference today. So when you take your steps, there's a button that you can click to say, I want to give directly to the scholarship fund that will go directly to students to mobilize them for camp. Now, one thing I want you to see before we wrap up our time, I want you to see this graph. This graph is stunning to me that when you look at the journey that people go on spiritually, of all those who make decisions to follow Christ, of 100 people, 94% of people that make a decision to follow Jesus do so before the age of 18. Now, I want you to think about that just for a moment. There's a very short window. As a father who has three children, I deeply pray for my kids. It's, it's the prayer that I come back to over and over and over again. There's a window of 18 years that these kids are in my home. And I want so deeply, I want so badly for them to know God because statistically we see that this window, when it's gone, there, there's something that shifts. We move on with life. So as, as parents, as leaders, as a church, this window is Ephesians 5. I want you to see these words from Paul. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. In the brokenness of our world and all the challenges that we face, one of the greatest ways that we can make a difference in the evil of the world is to seize the opportunity to invest in the lives of our students. And so I'd like to invite the band to come now as we close out our service. And as we do, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond, to pray, to serve and to give, to pray for our stu students, to serve in student ministry, and to give to our scholarship fund. You can pull out your phone and you can uh, take your next steps at our digital program. You'll see there's uh, the QR code and the website that you can go directly to just to say today, I wanna take the step. Some of you, if you wanna take that step to pray, there's a, there's a place on the comment section. Just write in that, that place, just write the word praying. I'm gonna be praying for the next generation. 
And I want to invite you right now as we do just to bow our heads and respond to the Holy Spirit, to listen to the voice of God. Father, we're so grateful today for your spirit that is at work in us. And I pray for the next generation that as they're growing and they're, they're getting to the place where they're going to be mobilized into the world, God, I pray that their experience at Saddleback Church would equip and empower them with your Holy Spirit to change the world. God, thank you for your heart that when you came to planet Earth, you invested in young people. God, I pray for a deeper burden in us. I pray that you would call us to say yes to you. I pray that you would raise up laborers for your harvest field, God, that you would use our lives to change the world. God, I pray that you would raise up students from our church that would go to nations that are unreached with the gospel. I pray, God, that you would raise up business leaders and entrepreneurs and people that have a vision for their lives to make a difference, and you would do it through our student ministry here at Saddleback. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this weekend message from Saddleback Church. If you like this, please consider leaving a rating or review for this podcast. The Saddleback Church Weekend Message Podcast is a part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. Visit saddleback.com slash podcasts or search for Saddleback Church in your favorite podcasting app to see more great podcasts from Saddleback. For more Weekend Message resources, visit saddleback.com slash message resources.